program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Long Beach Police calling all cars. Attention all cars. The broadcast 68. The bank holdup. Suspect age 42. Height 6 feet. Weight 200 pounds. Red hair. Light accent. This man is armed. Watch your step, boys. That is all. gasoline refinery. He says we technical men at the refinery appreciate your truthful advertising of Rio Grande cracked gasoline. We are glad to testify that gasoline made by the Sinclair cracking process will more than live up to any claims you make in advertising. Signed, William Murray, superintendent of Rio Grande cracking plant, Vinvale, California. Well, the only claim I've ever heard Rio Grande make is that cracked gasoline is used in more police cars and emergency equipment wherever it's sold than any other brand. That claim is absolutely true. And where in the world could you find a better test for your gasoline? Police cars meet the same daily driving conditions that you do and meet emergencies besides. So the gasoline that performs best in police cars is obviously the best buy for motors. Sure, but I should think that cities would specify a higher quality gasoline than service stations sell. That's true. Cities do have rigid specifications for the gasoline that's used in their police cars. Many gasolines don't equal these specifications. But Rio Grande Crack exceeds every specification. It's better than the law requires. That's why so many cities have selected Rio Grande above all others to power their finest, costliest cars. Well, that sounds like it might be too expensive for my car. It doesn't cost you one cent more to buy the same Rio Grande cracked gasoline that is specified by so many cities. Every time you fill up from a Rio Grande cracked gasoline pump, you get exactly the same gasoline that police cars use. And you get a better gasoline than you pay for because Rio Grande's patented cracking process adds qualities you can't get in any other gasoline. And now it is our pleasure to introduce Detective Sergeant A.H. Wombacher of the Long Beach Police Department. Sergeant Wombacher. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is a pleasure to appear on this great radio program which for the past year and a half has done so much to acquaint the citizens of, of the West with the problems and accomplishments of their police officers. Our story tonight concerns the activities of a daring daylight bank robber whose depredations extended up and down the Pacific coast from Mexico to Canada. He was a difficult man with whom to deal, educated, cultured, intelligent. He was a greater problem than the ordinary gutter type of crook. So suave and smooth was his manner that he managed to keep his innocent bride in complete ignorance of the real source of his income. But in the end, he, like every lawbreaker, found that crime does not pay.
something. Here. Oh, a lovely diamond ring. For me? Yes, Danica. For you. If you will accept it as an engagement ring. Oh, it is beautiful. Oh, you are so good to me. I love you. I cannot tell you in words. I, I brought my violin with me. Maybe it will speak for me. What do you play, Grishenka? I will play you a song of our old Russia. Ossichornia. Why, it might have been written for your smoldering black eyes. Now, all of you lie down on this floor. 
<laughs> That's all right. You don't have to hold your breath. But don't make any noise. You. You in the gray suit. Come here. Come here. Close the gate door. Now, get to work on this combination. But uh, Come on, come on. I know you know it. I've seen you work it a couple of times. Now open it up. Come on, snap in. Do it. What's the matter? You're losing your nerve? Here. Here's a nice fat cigar. Hop on that. Throw some smoke into you. Get your nerve up or I'll blow some smoke through you. <laughs> Get back there in that cage. Get down on the floor and stay there. You remember, while I'm emptying this safe, I've got my gun right on you. Yes. 
He was a big fella, and, and I was just standing at Mr. Martin's window getting some shopping money. They're running a sale down tomorrow. Yes, yes. My wife told me all about that this morning. Now, what did the man look like? Oh, oh yes, of course. He was a big man about him. Yes, I heard you. And, and he had red hair. And he said that the police would never get him alive. Big man, red hair, said the police would never get him alive, huh? I think I know this fellow. Now, let me get a look at that face. Say, who smoked this cigar? Hey, why, uh, I did. He, uh, he stuck it in my mouth. Who stuck it in your mouth? Oh, the, the, the robber. He uh, told me to uh, smoke it and uh, get up my nerves to open the safe. And you smoked it? Yes, and then uh, after I opened the safe, he uh, pushed me back into the cage. I just the cigar fell out of my, out of my mouth. Did he get you this cigar? Yeah, uh, stuck it in my mouth. Oh, uh, Hermosa Flora. What are you wrapping that dirty thing up for, Sergeant? Yeah, you never can tell what might be important, ma'am. Here. Uh, oh, no, no, he, uh, he wore the gloves. Sure, but he got smart once too often. The lone wolf has left a clue. Yeah, yeah, but there are probably a thousand men in Long Beach who smoke the uh, same kind of cigars. Sure, but you never can tell. This cigar butt might lead me to the right one. Back in headquarters, McCullen checked up with Detective E.L. Woodruff. Well, Joe, what did you discover? Well, he stopped every highway and streetcar line out of town, would he? It meant he didn't get out of Long Beach. Well, I know who he is. You? Yep. He's the guy we call the Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf? Sure. That bird has been holding up all these banks. The guy that always boasts he won't be taken alive. Sure, I remember the guy. He described as a big guy with red hair. Yeah, that's the one. We thought we could knock him over. He's wanted all of them down the coast. Yeah, I know he is. I got a hunch about him. Yeah, what's that? Well, you've bottled up the highways and the streetcar lines out of town. He hasn't left, has he? Oh, sure that. Okay, then he's still in town. Yeah, but where? That's where my hunch comes in. I think he's hiding in some rooming house right near the bank. Why? Oh, I don't know why, but that's the way I feel about it. You want to look over the neighborhood with me? Sure. Come on. Well, this street's as good as any to start on. The bank's there on the corner. First house here has room for Aunt Stein in the window. I'll go in there, Woody, and you start on the other side of the street. If either of us gets a bite, we'll let the other one know. Okay? Okay. Good luck. What is it? You rent room? Yes, I have one for rent. Does a big man with red hair room with you? No. Why? Well, do you know of a big man with red hair in the neighborhood? Why do you ask? Uh, he's a friend of mine. Well, he's not here. Uh, thank you very much. Yes? You're a rumor who speaks an accent and has red hair? Say, hey, I'm 100% American. I wouldn't rent a room to no foreigner. Oh, no, I'm looking for a man, a big man. 
the biggest pan we got is a big bag. Oh, what you want with it? Oh, no, you don't understand. Gentlemen? Naturally. You will keep this confidential. As 
far as duty permits. Well, you can see I have no connection with any investigation you're making. And the thief, it's a personal matter, a very personal matter. Nevertheless, I must insist you tell me what this key opens. It is the key to the apartment of a friend of my husband, who has become a very good friend of mine. I couldn't help it. It just happened. Since my husband, well, to know it would make me terribly jealous. He might, he might do anything to me. And he's a friend of ours. I see. Well, Mrs. Stanley, that's your problem, not ours. And certainly we haven't the time to interfere in your domestic problem. Oh, thank you. I trust you'll forgive our detaining you. Of course. I may go then. Very shortly. The matron will make you comfortable. But why? Just a routine matter of checking up on your identity. Oh. Uh, take Mrs. Stanley away, Mrs. Sullivan. Oh, but, but... And treat her with every consideration. Yes, sir. But you said... It'll only be a matter of a couple of hours, Mrs. Stanley. Oh, but you mustn't. You can't. Come along, ma'am, and quietly, please. Yeah, you're crazy, Max. You're sure plausible, sir. Yeah, too plausible. I'm going to check up on it. What's your she, Max? Everything else she told me may have been the truth, but she lied once. When was that? When she said she was French. Her accent is Russian. That doesn't prove anything. Well, maybe not. But our big man with the red hair had an accent, and he smoked Hermosa Flora cigars. This woman has an accent, and she carried a box of Hermosa Flora cigars in her bag and a key in her shoe. Come on, Woody. Well, what are we going to do now? We're going to try to find the hotel this key belongs to. You may spend a couple of years trying to do that. Okay, but, partner, there's something smelly in this case besides the brand of cigars. Come on. houses, at small hotels, at large hotels, at locksmiths and hardware stores. The two detectives inquire for information regarding the mysterious key. The day slowly passes in futile, fruitless searching. And then, early in the evening, discouraged, they enter a small hotel on the pike. Yes, sir, gentlemen. Like a nice room looking out over the ocean? No, not tonight. We're from orders. Oh, I see. Well, what can I do for you? Do you use a key like this here? No. No, our keys have metal tags on them like this, see? Well, have you any idea where this key might come from? Let me look at it. Oh, sure, I know where it's from. You do? Where? Well, the beach house of Redondo. I worked there last summer. That's one of their keys. The beach house of Redondo, huh? Okay, buddy, thanks. Come on, Woody. Accelerated to the floor, firing open wide. McClellan and Woodruff creek northward to Redondo Beach. At the beach house, he interviewed the manager. Is uh, this one of your keys? Yeah, why? Who's it belong to? What do you want to know for? Who are you? McClellan of the Long Beach Police Department. Well, you must be on the wrong track. Folks who occupy that room aren't the kind of people police are looking for. Well, who does occupy the room? And his wife by the name of Domchinsky. Domchinsky, huh? Russian? Uh, might be, I guess. Do they have an accent? Yeah, I think they do. Well, you see, Woody, it all fits. Yeah, so far. Well, they're fine people. The man's a musician. Plays a violin. Yeah, just in New York on a vacation. Well, the story changes. They're from New York this time, Woody. Are these people in? No, I don't know. Uh, ring their room. If they answer, give them some alibi. Say you made a mistake or something. But look here. These folks are on the level. Ring their room. We haven't any time to waste.
pretty good, would he? Yeah, but I'm not convinced yet. I don't believe in circumstantial evidence. Hang too many innocent people. Yeah, now, hold your horses, partner. You can never tell what sort of evidence we might turn up. Well, here we are. Well, where's 717? Right here, across the hall. Fine. You hear anything? Yes. Get your gun out and let's go visiting then. Right. I open the door, you cover the room, and I'll snap on the light. Right. Nobody home. Well, let's take a look around. Mr. Domsinski here. Right. 
Yeah. But he's asleep where police officers. Police officers, while the house is surrounded. Let's not make any noise. But what do the police want with my friend Grigor? Your friend Grigor is a notorious bank robber. Oh, there must be some mistake. I'm sure he isn't a monkey. Well, we're positive he is. A room, Jim. Right at the head of the stairs. Let's go, boys. And be ready for anything. This guy's tough. Hey, the door's open. Yeah. There he is. The moon shining right across the bed. It's on the light. Come on, Dalkowski. Wake up. Uh, uh, oh, You're under arrest. Why, oh. Keep your hands away from that fellow. I'll empty this shotgun into you. Step the cuffs on him, Tom. Uh, all right. Forgot me. What you got into the pillow, Woody? Frederick Lindsley bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs> <laughs>